0: Hey, this is B-Face and uh, we're celebrating 40 years of the queers in the boneyard. Welcome to the
1: Boneyard. I am Sean and with me always is Andy.
0: Hey, what's going on?
1: So we came up with a cool idea a few nights ago and we decided like, hey, if somebody was, you know, desperate or dumb enough to let us green light a movie, what kind of movie would we want to get made and what kind of soundtrack would we want to put to that movie?
0: I like how you said if they're dumb enough to
1: figure
0: <laughs> out uh, yeah, a green-lighted movie. Yes, yeah, so I, I think uh, they might have to be dumb enough to uh, let us a green-lighted movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, we both agreed to pick a handful of songs just to kind of give you the emotional beats or story beats of the genres we chose, and uh, they should be pretty interesting. So for sure.
0: Uh, all right, so I think the way this should work is maybe we should describe the premise of our movies first and then um you know we can go from it from there. I'm a big sci-fi fan, big horror movie fan too. So um you know uh, I love 80s horror, they live uh life force, uh videodrome. So so uh basically I love all those movies cuz you know they they kind of uh you know, invoke a really good time in my life. And, and just, uh, you know, when I'm watching on TV in the afternoon and, like, one of these movies comes on, they would just, like, like uh, just totally, you know, capture my imagination. It's just really great. So, I've decided to do a sci-fi movie. Nice. You know, maybe a little horror as well. Maybe a little body horror from there, too. Okay. Um but uh basically i chose some songs that i feel like are, are just like really weird <laughs> <laughs> um so the first one i chose was from a band called chrome um i i don't know if any of you have read uh william gibson's neuromancer um you know i i was on a forum like uh and, and you know a lot of people are are waiting for that to be made into a movie and uh you know, I was is that the dude him. who
1: wrote uh, Johnny Mnemonic?
0: Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. With 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 Henry Rollins. So again, there's there's a, <laughs> there's a punk thing as well. Um, and, and actually, yeah, Keanu Reeves was in a punk band too. I, I've heard. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is this is from a band, uh, San Francisco band, Chrome. If you're ever familiar with their stuff, uh, you know it's in a big vinyl box set. Uh, this song is called uh, Return to Zanzibar.
2: Lost my head in the rain. In a place, you your name. Broken.
0: and it's really weird because it's kind of like um, it, it has like the it's punk it's a punk song but at the same time it's like really mechanical it's kind of like if if uh, alien heard like a carlos santana or jefferson airplane song with with a uh, with a little bit of punk, and they decided to make it their own version of it. So uh, you know this this might be like a like the opening credits since it's a really low uh, budget.
1: Yeah, when you say mechanical, I'm kind of picturing uh, industrial. Is it kind of got some of that to
0: it as well? Uh, if you've heard Devo's early demos, the um, you know I can't think of those right now. It, it's kind of like that. It's like an early Devo demo where it's just, like, really uh, offbeat and stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I will definitely put that on the list of things you've brought up that I need to check out for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, yeah, with uh, my movie idea, it's uh, kind of a mishmash of different genres, um, genres of movies that don't really get made anymore. So I kind of took, like, the John Hughes formula, the coming-of-age teen drama, mixed with a little bit of unconventional teen sex comedy movies, like last American Virgin, which is really one of a kind. There's really no other movies like that, but I really like that one.
3: Yeah, totally. And
1: uh, took that. And I kind of mixed it together with uh, the teen street gang movie, which is something I always thought was cool. I always loved the warriors, uh, the wanderers, the outsiders, Depending on which cut, but there is a good cut of that movie. Um, is there
0: really? Because I, I, I thought it totally. Well, we'll discuss this another time. But yeah, yeah. That's, I didn't to
1: do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's it's not a it, it's not perfect, but there there is a cut of that movie that kind of works. So, but awesome. uh, basically, the the twist I did is you don't really see a lot of movies involving tough street games that aren't all based around masculinity so I want to see uh this movie get made with some badass chicks so that's kind of my little spin on it and the uh the opening song I chose for this movie which is uh one of the best examples I could think of as far as tough chicks go was a uh, Joan Jett with make-believe
0: jet is awesome like i definitely like uh would love to see her in concert one day
1: yeah absolutely and uh and also another reason why i chose this song is because when you listen to it it starts off with this kind of soulful melancholy but still kind of sugary sound to it and then it slowly builds to this chorus where she just lets out this bark and this bite and i was like that that not only sets a great tone for this movie, but also kind of sets a great tone for the kind of character I would want this movie to revolve around, where she kind of has two different sides to her, the, the melancholy sweet, but also if you push her too far, she's got a bit of a bite to her.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that with, with Joan Jett. You know, great, great song, great pick. All right so uh i have a i don't know i guess it's a little bit of a rarity next too um so uh for the listeners who don't know i was uh diagnosed with cancer i think it's going on 12 years now that i'm in remission and uh i had to sell my records because i was out of work and so i needed some cash and so uh, that sucks. yeah i did it was a uh, 700 records that were gone. Um I'm at 641 and the only reason I know that is because I have a um was it a uh Excel sheet just just so I go to the store and I don't accidentally buy like something that I already have. But uh this is by a band called Suburban Lawns. Um so most of you will know uh you the the um lead singer Sue Tissue uh, she was. She had a cameo in something wild. Um, I think she. That's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But she played like a, like a weird girl, which is funny because like she was like really weird and really alien and detached and cold. Like
1: weirder than Melanie Griffith in that movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. <laughs> Definitely weirder than Melanie Griffith. Um, gotcha. You know, Yeah, but um, the song is called Janitor. Um, from what I understand it was played on Rodney on the rock for a while but uh i I just think this would be cool like uh like a scene of like a like an alien like trying to get like a human job and like somehow fucking it up like like uh, actually being a janitor and uh, you know cleaning up and then accidentally killing humans or something <laughs> you know when she's like who's your mother who's your father and she has like that weird like uh like voice that makes me think of an alien so yeah if you haven't seen <laughs> suburban lawns
3: okay. it was just
0: uh reissued the on vinyl it sounds fucking great
1: awesome all right so uh my next song choice i'm thinking this character in this imaginary movie of mine I'm feeling, you know, she's come to this new place. She's got a lot of baggage behind her, and she kind of lived a a little bit of a rough life she's trying to get away with. It's like she's been in some games before, and now she just kind of wants to try to go down the straight and narrow. And uh, she meets a dude she's into, and, uh, and, and it's going really well, and she's really falling for him. And then she it turns out that this dude isn't exactly all he seemed to be, and things kind of fall apart, and that kind of introduces a little bit of the the conflict into the movie. So, I went with a really cool song by Teenage Fan Club called "The Concept," which kind of works on two different label. I'm sorry, two different levels because it's uh, it's kind of describing what could be potentially happen happening with her in this breakup but it also kind of breaks down the the kind of character trope that she is so it kind of has like an an existential level to it as well so i thought it was really cool she
2: was down wherever she goes says she's gonna get some records by the status quo oh.
0: That's awesome. I love Teenage Fan Club. I, I have uh, a couple of their albums, and yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, opener to their album, too.
1: Hell yeah. What you got next, Andy?
0: All right, so um, I'm getting a little bit weird there here, but uh, there's a, apparently a documentary about this band that's being crowdfunded right now, and uh, they interviewed Jello Biafra, who loves this band, too, just because they're so weird. Um, so if you've ever seen the movie Jodorowsky's Dune, He uh, shows this band magma who is going to be in, you know, introduced to him by HR Geiger. And uh, when I saw them, I was like, God, I got to check these guys out. They looked really weird.
1: So I thought um, that name sounded familiar. So he talks about him in that documentary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Um,
1: cool.
0: Yeah. He talks about him in that documentary and uh, you know, it's pretty memorable the the background singers have are dressed like, like insects and, uh, they They invented their own language, which is like super interesting. Um, so this song is called Mechanic Destructive Commando." Uh, it's it's basically I think about it as like a like a alien opera. That's basically what it sounds like. But um, yeah, if you haven't heard Magma, um, check them out. Definitely highly regarded by a lot of people.
1: Awesome. Yeah, you you definitely got my interest peaked a little on that one. So awesome. Um, my next choice, basically, this song I think kind of describes the moment where you have really kind of hit a brick wall and you just kind of say to yourself Wh- whatever happens tomorrow, fuck it, I'm ready for better or worse I'm ready to go down and uh, I went with Sad Tomorrow by The Muffs I don't even know why. Do you think I'm less? Maybe
2: someday when now you're gone When the dew is up You'll have good luck You're the top of the town So you say uh-huh. I don't know why you're so glad With my it's new sorrow. So maybe if I fade away There'll be no sad tomorrow
0: my- Oh, I love the Muffs. That's such a great band. It's- hell yeah dude what do you got next for yours all right so uh next one is from a band from Arizona where where I uh I I saw them a few years ago um you know pre-covid and and they were just a lot of fun you know it's very very rare now to see a band with a saxophone player on stage that kicks ass but uh yeah these guys definitely did um so so uh it's by a band called Playboy Man Baby. Uh, if you haven't seen them, they're they're just they're just fucking amazing. Like great audience participation, have everyone like stand up, sit down, and uh, just great hilarious lyrics too. Um, you know, kind of kind of kind of like the uh, the like uh, sarcastic sarcasticness of the Dead Kennedys. You know, the closest I've ever seen a modern band like that. But um, the song is called "I Wish My Brain Was a Computer." to think about uh like like a like a alien or something like that trying to be human and uh yeah this this would definitely be a great song and and it's kind of like dealing with your feelings and uh you know the imperfectness of being uh, human as well
1: are they still an active band
0: yeah yeah they they uh they did a song <laughs> they did an album called now that's Why i call songs we made for the internet and uh, it's like little, like like very very short, like thirty second songs. So they're they're uh, they they're, they're they're a great band, really unusual. Um, definitely check them out if you haven't heard them. They they have a band camp page. Okay, cool. Um, so
1: we're we're down to our last two songs, so we're kind of getting towards the 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 crux and the build up to the end of our movie. And uh with my movie being uh you know, dealing with street games, of course my movie's gotta have a big fight, you know, that that, that, that big rumble that everybody's waiting for, that everyone's pumped up to see. And uh for for my choice I went with a really kick ass song by the Leftovers that uh actually features the uh the vocalist for the the Donnas, Um Awesome. Brett Anderson. So uh, this song is actually uh, Party Till We Die, which I think also has a really fitting title if you think about it too. And it just has a really kick-ass rhythm to it that you can really put a fight around.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's it. That's great. I love The Leftovers. That's awesome, dude. All right. Um, so I decided to go another with another uh, band that were just like really unusual. Um, and it's, it's a San Francisco band, my second San Francisco band. Um, it's by Crime uh, called Hotwire My Heart. It got a little bit popularity because Sonic Youth covered it on their sister album, but it's kind of like a, I would I would think it like is like a I don't know semi happy ending or just an ending or something like that with credits or something. Um, but it sounds like if if aliens tried to approximate what a rock and roll song would be about, um, just fucking uh, great semi anthem. <laughs>
1: I really had to go with a song that just makes you leave the the movie theater with uh, like like you've been kind of sucker punched in the gut. It kind of makes you cry, but it also kind of makes you feel good and happy at the same time. I I love songs that just kind of makes you you know, those two things, there's just a, uh, I love the juxtaposition of that. But anyways, um, yeah, this song is a, a wonderful, would you call it a, a duet? Maybe, but uh, Ronnie Spector and uh, Joey Ramone with uh, Bye Bye Baby.
2: Why does it have to be this way? We drove each other crazy Bye bye baby, bye bye baby Well I guess it's over and it's done We had some good times, we had fun We drove each other crazy I'll always love you. Bye-bye, baby.
0: over again two great talents that are they're both gone now it's weird to think about
1: yeah and uh Dee, Dee wrote that
0: song so so three greats nice nice all right well uh sean why don't you go ahead and tell us who we are going to have on the show
1: this this was a really exciting uh chat we got to have uh chris fields aka chat chip fracture from the dwarves uh also uh john cougar concentration camp which was a local band that andy and i uh both grew up around when we were coming up and doing our own little punk bands and it was uh, really awesome to catch up with them and i think you guys are gonna dig this conversation we break down a punk rock confidential with them
0: So Hi, everyone. It's Andy from the Boneyard. With me always is Sean.
3: Today Hello. we have a
0: very special guest. We have uh, Chris Fields from the legendary John Cougar Concentration Camp, the Queers and the Dwarves. How's it going, Chris?
4: Going good. Uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So uh, I, I just wanted to say that uh, you guys were my second punk show ever in the San Diego area. <laughs> right, nice. uh, so i saw you in 96 the john cougar in 96 with uh furious george fyp and some other awesome band i can't remember at, at uh, the showcase uh downtown so uh yeah it's it's pretty awesome to, to have you on
4: yeah i remember that show i'm trying to remember the other band you're talking about i can't i can't i used to have that poster up but i i don't have it up anymore
0: yeah they did a pretty awesome cover of i got it right
4: uh, that wasn't John Cougar. We used to do that song,
0: <laughs> you used to do that. I don't know, that, yeah. that, that seemed like everyone did a cover of that song because, yeah, everyone should that Seven Inch came out you know, that reissued Seven Inch or whatever came out around that time, yeah. So that's cool,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, everyone who's listening should know from the episode before this that we're basically doing a celebration of the queer's 40th anniversary. And, uh, Chris has been gracious enough to join us. We're going to be talking about punk rock confidential with him. But, uh, before we dive into that, Chris, um, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about how you got John Cougar started and how you first got introduced to punk rock and all that good stuff.
4: Oh, okay. Well, John Cougar started in about 94, just, um, four friends happened to be in our garage that we soundproofed at the time. We just were playing and we played mostly Screeching Weasel covers because we didn't know anything else and those were easy. Uh, So when we first started playing, half our set was Screeching Weasel songs because we would play bars and they didn't know who Screeching Weasel was so we could get away with it. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, then we just started dropping off those songs as we wrote our own. But yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of bands started off that way back then. But uh, my very first punk show was SNFU in, like, 87 in L.A., and uh, it was scary. (laughs) (laughs) It was different back then, man. It was scary to go to a show like that, Uh, but that's what made it exciting and uh, just that danger. That's probably why I like the Dwarfs so much, too, because it was just dangerous (laughs) to be around it. (laughs) No, I stay away from it.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I I don't know. Uh, you didn't you guys play Awesome Fest one year? It doesn't seem like it's dangerous anymore. It just seems like it's <clears throat> a bunch of like uh, dudes coming around the the you know around the U.S. who are like over uh, forty and and uh, just kind of chill and have beer and stuff like. Yeah. that. Yeah,
4: and that's that's great too. I mean, that's really good. Uh, it's just so much more mainstream back in the 80s and somewhat early 90s punk shows were punks they were degenerates they were misfits they were people you didn't want to have anything to do with normally uh you know what i mean like you knew yeah. and now it's just kind of mainstream everyone's into it and that that's great too but uh yeah we played awesome fest and it is exactly that it's a bunch of people from around the country coming and just hanging out and drinking beers which is awesome too yeah it's uh, totally
0: awesome
1: Uh, Chris, you guys, you played your first gig at the Casbah, right?
4: Yes. Uh, We kind of weaseled our way in because one of the guys in John Cougar's other band was booked there and they broke up and I just told him, I said, don't cancel, just tell him you changed the name to John
3: Cougar Concentration. (laughs) Yeah,
4: our first show was at the Casbah. Do you remember who you played with? Uh, No, no idea. (laughs) Fair enough. We played at the Casbah a bunch of times, but one time we got actually on the bill with the Queers, and that's how I met Joe actually, for the first time, was at the Casbah opening oh, for them. Knows. And it was the Muffs, the Queers, John Cougar, and Cub, I think, played. Jesus, what a
0: lineup. That's crazy. What, yeah, it was cool. Do you cool. remember about what year that was?
4: Uh, That was probably 96. Oh, that's
0: awesome.
1: I was going to say, that's when I ended up moving there, so... I uh, I yeah. want to say the first gig I saw you play was at the Soul Kitchen in El Cajon,
4: so. Oh right, on Yeah, that place was fun.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I... That was
4: my first punk show
0: at the, the Swing Kids at '96. Uh, oh.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and that was probably pretty rowdy.
0: <laughs> yeah, Swing Kids. I think Foundation, like, um, well, you know, one of the one of the guys from Rocking from the Crypt, his brother, his band, they were pretty cool.
3: Yeah,
4: Swing Kids is Justin Pearson, right?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well the very first road trip we ever did, I think it's his first too, ever in life. Uh, we rented a U-Haul and his band, uh what the fuck were they called? Um struggle. He was in a band called Struggle and I was in a band called Short Lived and we rented a U Haul and all of us were in the back of the U Haul, super illegal, and we played <laughs> Gilman Street. And that was like our first road trip ever, like as a band. It
1: was it was awesome.
4: Wow, that's cool.
1: What did you think of Gilman when you went there?
4: I loved it. I mean I still I still like uh, the Dwarves played their a Halloween show like not too long ago, maybe 10 years ago and uh, it was just like it was before. it was awesome. It just brought all, all of that back just it's just so it's just so uh, I mean it's it's uh, I don't know what's the word it's reckless but there's like a coolness and community about it that makes you feel safe. It's cool.
1: Oh yeah. I mean that's actually where I moved from with the Bay Area. Like oh, uh,
4: that's, where I, that's where I grew up.
1: Oh cool. Yeah, I, I grew up in East Bay myself and Green Day was kind of my gateway drug and uh getting sure. more into punk rock, so it definitely yeah. made me wanna check that club out. I saw some pretty good shows there.
4: I lived in Concord for a while. Back in oh, the eighties. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wanna say um I first got exposed to you, there was this local San Diego comp where all the bands were doing christmas songs yeah and uh it had like you spaz boy uh, ever ready i want to say swindle maybe
4: i think so yeah
1: but uh yeah i remember the the first song i heard from you guys was the the reason for the season and uh that ended up leading me to buy in some of your records i think two niagara falls was the first one i got
4: Right on. Yeah, that Christmas album, we were the only band to write an original Christmas song on it. Everyone else did like traditional songs.
1: Yeah, that's definitely what made it stand out for sure. Yeah, before we get into the queer stuff, one thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, I know when you did the Melon album, you got Black from the Dwarves to produce it. Um, did you meet him a ways before recording that or was that kind of your main introduction?
4: Uh, I met him a few times before that, but that was the first time actually hanging out with him and and playing, and he saw that I was basically doing most of the playing on that record, so that's why he needed someone for the Dwarves at the time, so he recruited me, and I, I was in the Dwarves for like 16 years. No, that's awesome. W- when were you last in the Dwarves? The last show I did with them, I think, was 2017 in montreal was the last show i did with them but uh but i just saw them like a recent a couple weeks ago and it was all good like it's all good i just that's uh they got their lineup so you know whatever
0: yeah i, I heard they still put on a crazy show uh, i know a couple people who saw them a couple years ago and they were still fucking great
4: yeah it's, there's yeah they're doing another tour with the queers coming up i see so yeah. that's cool. I, I hooked that connection up and they've toured like 10 times together since then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, man. They're doing the uh, 25th anniversary for Young and Good Looking and playing that in its entirety. Which Oh, is...
4: good. That's one of their best albums. Yeah. That's when I joined. Like I didn't play on that album, but I joined
1: for that tour,
4: which is kind of like the peak time to, to do the Dwarves. So it was awesome.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rad, man. I'm I'm gonna see the Queers on Thursday. They're playing with Teenage Bottle Rocket, but uh, right on. They're, uh, yeah. they're doing all the Love East that. Coast tours with the Dwarves and the Jasons.
4: Cool. I've done I've done tours with the Queers and the Dwarves and played both sets. Uh, it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: fun and and exhausting. I'm sure.
4: <laughs> I like it. Everyone's like, "How do you do it?" It's like, <laughs> it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, man. Let's let's dig into this punk rock confidential record kind of set it up for us a little bit how did you get uh, to join the band and how'd you end up doing this record
4: okay so i my first tour i did with the queers was i was on second guitar and Hugh and b face were still in the band so uh it was don't back down tour and then i don't i still really don't know what happened with uh well i know Hugh died but uh with the uh, B-Face and Joe falling out. So I don't really know what happened other than they stopped playing together. So, um, So I just kept playing with Joe and I flew out to Maine, Portland, Maine to record Punk Rock Confidential, but I played drums on it. But even though I'm credited as playing bass on that album, I actually played drums on it and Jeff Useless plays bass on it. And, it's a shame he doesn't even get credited because he did such a good job. He wrote all those cool bass lines. It, it sounds really good. Oh, so I, I think agree.
0: Wikipedia is a source, but I think it's probably good to clear this up. Uh, you know, Was that because of royalties or something? Or...
4: No, I think it was because of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe had a rule of like, he, he really wanted to be like, hey, let's all quit drinking together. This will be great. But really, he was the only one with the problem. <laughs> <laughs> because and he'll tell you i mean it wasn't his drinking it's like when he drinks he does other things yeah so that's why he had to quit drinking and uh Hugh and b face were like well we don't have that same problem why should we quit drinking we don't want to quit drinking and i really think it all stemmed from that and then i i think there was an issue with epitaph records where there was something they wanted to sign with epitaph and joe didn't or vice versa i don't know who wanted what but I uh, I went up to that meeting and I couldn't make heads or tails of it either.
1: Yeah, I understand like when you flew out there to do the record, you didn't really record right away. You stayed with uh, Jeff for a little while before then, didn't you?
4: No, I stayed with Joe.
1: Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah.
4: And, uh, and uh, actually the studio that we recorded that in had like apartments upstairs of this actual studio. So mostly I stayed at the studio and he's like apartment rooms so it was pretty awesome and another interesting fact was billy joe armstrong was supposed to come by and pl- and do something on the album
1: really yeah because
4: green day happened to be playing in portland maine while we were there and but he called and said oh i can't make it." so there's just no way i can get oh, to-. So that that would have been cool if he had shown- up. <laughs> it would have been awesome that yeah
1: been super cool yeah so you're staying with Joe Are you kind of rehearsing with him Or just hanging out Like was there any prep involved
4: Barely I mean <laughs> if you ever did anything with Joe You know he like there's very little prep The first tour I ever did With them I went out there We went to their studio rehearsal spot In Boston And we we literally played two songs And Joe's like well, I'm not going to sit here playing Granola Head I mean he's got it let's go
1: i love that joe impression
4: (laughs) is the best one and he'll say it every night is come on let's get going (laughs) no matter where he is he wants to get the hell out of there whether it's the hotel or the show it's just like he just wants
1: to get to the next
4: thing (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah i've told andy before sometimes when i hear joe talk he reminds me a little of mo from the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah he's a character so yeah let's kind of track by track in order so let's start with uh, tamara is a punk
0: well frank this looks like one of those long hard ones yeah.
2: There's a bird!
3: Absolutely
1: love the the lyrics to this song. It's kind of got Joe humble bragging a little bit, talking about yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, Black Flag and the Germs and all that good stuff. Jammed um, with Jeezy. It's got a little cool like dialogue clip in the beginning from. Uh, isn't that from Blood Feast?
4: Oh, good. Uh, good question. I don't know. I've I've always wondered that.
1: Yeah, I believe it is. So uh,
4: I should know that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, what uh, do you remember any particulars about recording this
4: track? Uh, I guess because Master Genie produced all that, and I guess I was having a tempo issue, like I was speeding up or slowing down. I couldn't tell. Uh, we'd play to a click track, and that was the first time I ever had to do that. And this was, of course, before Pro Tools and all that. Everything was to tape. So I remember like kind of being bummed because when you play to a click track and you're not good at it yet, you kind of, you don't play the same. There might be fills you would do that you don't do. So, you know, who knows how I would have played it otherwise. But that's all I remember, really. And I remember we borrowed this kid's drums, this local kid. We borrowed his drums, and they weren't the greatest drums, too. <laughs> so, but <laughs> well, Mass produced it, so he he got it to sound decent.
1: Was it always the intention to have you play drums on this record?
4: Yeah, because, okay, so prior to that we were in europe we toured before that album like i played with them tons before that album ever came about so when we were on tour this was after hugh and b face when we were in europe uh hubie died he passed away so joe Mm -hmm. flew home to go to the funeral and stuff and then he came back and we finished the tour and uh i jumped on drums uh, so Joe knew I could play drums so he just said yeah you'll play drums on punk rock confidential
0: that's pretty cool that that you know I mean it, it's it's kind of like it was planned but it wasn't planned or like spur of the moment
4: right I just got uh lucky I've, I've played every instrument in the queers at one point or another I started on guitar moved to bass and then to drums and then after that it was just like whatever he needed me to do I would do that's awesome Yeah, Yeah, and you
1: guys uh, made a video for this song, and it shows you playing bass in the video. Uh,
4: Yeah, that was the lineup uh, when we did that European tour, and that's Joe kicked out that drummer Steve in the middle of the tour. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) What can you tell us about that?
4: Uh, They just weren't clicking. It was just something about uh, he was sort of a glam dude. Like he's was real. He's a nice guy and everything. He's in that band Darlington.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I and, like
4: Joe uh, Chin, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, those guys are cool. They're super nice guys, but he just wasn't meshing good with with Steve. So Joe will do that. He'll do, he'll just yeah, it's not working out. Uh, we're gonna send you home. <laughs> 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 well, so yeah, that was that was weird. But I've seen I him know. do that. Cool. It was at a we had a roadie one time. It was actually Steve's friend was gonna roadie this tour. And first day we hadn't even left uh, Portsmouth yet. And Joe's like he smelled patchouli oil. He's like, (laughs) he goes, Chris, you smell that? Can you smell that? Well, yeah. He's like, can we send a roadie home on the first day? (laughs) 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 Well, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you got to be in the van with them. If you if it's bugging you, yeah, you don't want that. You know, you gotta. If everyone's gonna be in the van, you got, you can't smell like patchouli oil.
1: Yeah, the the video makes that club you're playing in look pretty tiny. I don't know if that's just the
4: that's um the Corona Showcase Theater. Oh, really?
0: wow! Yeah. yeah, I've never been, but I've I've heard awesome things.
4: Yeah, that place was cool.
0: And uh, who was uh, the I guess we'll say
1: actress that played Tamara in the video?
4: i have no idea that's not that's not who the song is about but yeah she played tamara uh i don't know who she is
1: (laughs) well well, tell us dude who's the song about
4: i I never met her (laughs) (laughs) i think i might have i think i might have met her once but i
1: don't really remember (laughs) joe didn't have uh any stories about her or anything
4: um, no, not, not, I mean, if he did, I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. <gosh. laughs> All you know,
1: right,
3: well.
0: This is uh, we, we did, we did, uh, another one with B face and this is exactly like the same, uh, MO, you know, it's like, uh, you know, wh- let's just do it, forget about the details. You know, we're just having fun. There's not a lot of thought behind it and that's fine. That That's perfectly great.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's one. that was a, uh, one of the real bummers, was I really got close to B-Face on tour, and uh, we hung out a lot and stayed in touch, and uh, it was a shame that that couldn't keep going. He's a good dude. Yeah, of course.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, B-Face is great. Let's move on to uh, Everything's Okay.
2: Gone down and I'm taking a quiz My wrist with flipping and I resemble that chip In between my years I'm a fucking jerk Under a bridge I learned I'm an idiot too I guess I'm not a fuck Cause I stopped getting drunk and making it all over my shoes I can't run with you sports One well, hanging on a fortune I'm having fun today Well everything's okay
4: Well, everything's okay with me. Well, everything's okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in love with you too. That's okay. So that song already existed because Joe put out an EP and Jeff Useless plays on that EP as well. Um, But those were just, he used local kids in Portsmouth um i think the guy he got on drums was named rick and then steve you i mean steve jeff useless plays bass on that so that song already existed and we just kind of redid it for punk rock confidential
1: that makes sense did uh did joe have you guys involved at all as far as like any of the prior creative process for the songs or did you just have all these things completely ma- mapped out and
4: um, mo- mostly mapped out, but uh, if it, but there's a few intros and song endings that I came up with, um, like intros and endings is basically all that was like left for. How about this or how about that? Mo- mostly those songs were written already, and and on on that particular album, Ben Weasel sent two songs that we did that he wrote, so they were already
1: written. Cool, cool. So um, following that, we got another old school queer song which is uh from the wimpy era i didn't puke
0: Tell it's a wimpy song right off the bat. That's and that's awesome.
3: Yeah.
1: And uh <laughs> Yeah. Seen you guys, like when you were in the band, Chris, I saw you play it live and you were doing the vocals for that. Yeah, song. I but...
4: sang that song live. And uh on the on that version, the punk rock confidential version, the end of the song, Joe says, I lost my mind, and he stole that from Didi Ramon. <laughs> 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 I
3: him.
4: Yeah. It was my idea, but
1: he
3: didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the next one we got is... uh, It's got to be definitely in my top three faves on this album. It's Mrs. Brown, You've Got an Ugly Daughter.
0: into the undertones around this time like because uh record disc uh, re-released all their records so were you guys listening to the undertones because i totally think this could be almost an undertone song
4: uh joe might have been i don't know uh, there's not much i can say that i that i know about that song Um uh, i i like the song but i i don't know much about it i don't know the history or the, where, where he got the idea so yeah there's not much i can tell you about that
1: when you were recording the songs, like, were you familiarizing yourself much with the the lyrical content, or were you just mainly focusing on uh, the the drums and stuff?
4: <laughs> uh, probably just the drums. Uh, yeah, L- lyrics like I don't know. I I probably played some songs that were questionable lyrically.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: Fair enough. So, yeah.
0: I'm talking to B-Face about the the stuff you guys were listening to at the time and. You know that the next song, the next song for me, uh, you know, uh, totally, you know, the sun always shines around you. Song, so, yeah, yeah. So that's that's another one of my favorite songs, and that shows that uh, that Beach Boys influence, I think. So um, you know, just a great
1: song. Yeah, and uh, Lisa Mar from Cub laying those beautiful vocals down on it too.
4: Yeah, yeah. She, he always brought her around a, a lot back then, and she she sounds great.
1: Would you say that you and Joe kind of shared similar tastes when it came to older musical influences? Uh, a lot. I'm not a huge Beach Boys guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I, I appreciate them. I, I like, you know, there's certain songs are undeniably great, but I'm not like a super fan like he is. Other than that, uh, he showed me a lot of really cool '60s uh, music. That, uh, but uh, yeah, I would say we have a lot of similar tastes as far as that. Other than the Beach Boys, um, I don't think Joe's huge on the Beatles. Dislikes the Beatles, but he's just not like. I'm more of a Beatles guy than a Beach Boys guy. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I love my 60s music, I think, is pretty much the greatest rock. 60s, 70s, and then it just kind of gets dumb. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. What, if you don't, you know, um, I'm always that type of guy who remembers, like, uh, a time and place by what records I was listening to. Yeah. Um, what, what records were you guys listening to? Um, you know, or, or do you remember? At that time?
3: Yeah.
4: Ninety seven, ninety eight. It was uh uh Turbo Negro had just oh. come out. Um Apocalypse Dudes. Yes. Uh I was listening to that a lot. The muffs, always listen to the muffs, especially at that time. I mean probably the same shit you guys were listening to. But <laughs> a, a lot of that Turbo Negro, the muffs and all that stuff was uh definitely a lot of that. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Rancid motherfucker, I gotta ask first: uh, do you know, is this song kind of a diss track or what? <laughs> <laughs> he,
4: he claims it's not because uh, Lars actually confronted him on it.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: think like it is a diss track but it's not really it's mostly like hey it rhymes who gives a shit yeah. i don't think he meant like he doesn't like them or so. it, i kind of took it as a diss track uh myself i like rancid i think they're great um but uh i you know i don't know i'm like he toured with them i never toured with rancid at them a lot of times And they're all super cool. But I think it was kind of a jealousy diss track because Rancid was so massive and the queers weren't. I think it's more of like that, to be honest. Um, Joe might not admit to that, but I think that's what it's mostly.
1: That makes sense. Because I got to say, like, when you listen to it, it really does sound like he's doing a Kim Armstrong impersonation in the vocals. (laughs) (laughs) And later on, he's like, I mean he's a large you know confronts
4: me on that and like i don't even say rancid in the like i don't mention that's so why i'm all dude there's a line that says timmy armstrong is your best friend uh-huh. <laughs> he's all oh yeah <laughs> I mean, he, he just writes it and doesn't think about the consequences
1: which is kind of funny too <laughs>
0: that's hilarious
1: well that moves us to the the title track punk rock confidential <laughs> uh written with uh joe and jj rassler yeah Um, it's got a really awesome guitar solo in that song
3: Mm
4: -hmm. uh that's one of my favorite songs on the album actually because the drums are fun to play on it it's got that cool break i i think that's a great a great tune
1: is that jeff doing all the the backup vocals or are you
4: no that's that's joe and lisa all a lot of the backing vocals were done after um with uh mass Georgini. he may have even done some i don't know like i wasn't i wasn't there for the mix of it Uh mass kind of took it to his studio and mixed it and then they added a bunch of stuff like backing vocals and stuff
1: gotcha yeah mass definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to the mixes
4: yeah he was a really cool dude to, to to uh to have around he's just so positive and friendly he he doesn't leave a room without giving you a hug <laughs> awesome. Better watch out
0: now. <laughs> what?
4: yeah, he's like, I gotta take a shit. Hey everyone here, like, give me a hug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I gotta say uh the the next track, um I wasn't really ranking these songs or anything, but as they as we kinda come along them it just kinda makes me place them a little bit. Um I gotta say today I fell in love. i that we of the others in my top three um such a beautiful harmony going on in that chorus and uh it's just really has that playful simplicity that i really like to hear in in joe's lyrics a lot of times Mm -hmm. uh,
4: is that the one with the weird drum beat yes (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah i stole that drum beat from the beatles um there are places I remember. Yeah. That's the same drum beat as that song.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't put two and two together, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, same what exact if... beat.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. What made you think to do that?
4: I just felt it. Like, I just felt it, and it, it fits so perfect. I'm like, and it breaks it up a little bit. It's not just another dupa dupa song, you know? So I just, I did it, and I was thinking Joe was going to go, eh, don't do that. But he never did, so I, I did it.
1: <laughs> That's really awesome, man. Well, to, to kind of rope it back a little bit before I move on more of the record, I'm kind of interested in how uh, how it comes to prioritizing the, the different instruments you play. Because uh, you know how to play everything, obviously, guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, did you kind of learn them all at the same time?
4: I started on drums. I think I'm a better drummer. Than any other instrument but okay when you're playing pop punk you're not you're not playing with a lot of really talented people (laughs) (laughs) so it's always like i get thrown on another instrument like on guitar because or something but i think a good drummer will make a horrible band okay Mm -hmm. but a bad drummer will make an amazing band bad so the drummer (laughs) is pretty much the most important thing of any band so, but I, I mean, I'm trying to start a project with me on drums, but it's just really hard to find anyone else that wants to do the same things I want to do. So. That's a bummer. Yeah. And the years go by, you're just like, man, I still haven't done that thing I want to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you were doing drums with uh, Carter Peace Mission,
4: right? Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. I just heard a Carter Peace Mission song the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a those and that's another example like those guys wrote amazing songs they're so good but yeah. they weren't that proficient on their instruments they're really sloppy which is kind of the charm of that band um but uh yeah but i i always thought they wrote really good songs they could have been like another blink if they were uh, more talented on their instrument absolutely man songwriting was there uh...
1: yeah we briefly talked about that before like and even if you listen to, you know, the Cheshire Cat record, that's really sloppy, too. So if Carter Peace good Mission point. would have got a good break, you know, they would have probably honed it down a little bit. hmm
4: Yeah. Or if they just, uh, if we would have got a little more serious and really done it, we could have been like Blink, because I, I was playing drums, you know, proficiently over their sloppy guitars. <laughs> We'd have been just like
1: Blink. <laughs> well, if you ever really hear from those guys, you got to let me know, because I definitely... Would love to talk to them because I think they're, it's kind of a shame how they've been slightly forgotten. I think they were a, a really cool band when it came to the early San Diego yeah. punk scene. Well, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty, they're smart kids or
4: kids. They're not kids anymore. But at the time, they were all, you know, they're from Coronado. They always were going to college and, 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 uh, they just had other aspirations all along. And Carter Peace Mission was just kind of a thing they did for fun and they never took it seriously. Um, It's a shame, because if they had taken it seriously, there's no doubt in my mind they would have done something big with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
4: But not – I mean, they all have careers now, so (laughs) it could have been a nightmare for them. Good for us, bad for them.
1: Yep. All right, so let's go to Pretty Flamingo. was uh i think it was written by a film composer if i'm not mistaken mark barkin
4: that's uh god damn it who played that's a cover of god damn it i can't remember the artist but uh that was the first time i had ever heard that song joe played me the original when i thought it was a really strange choice and at the time the feedback was like nobody liked that song but uh to me it's one of my favorite ones on there
1: oh cool that's (laughs) awesome
4: Manfred Mann. It's a uh, Manfred Mann is the uh, artist that did that originally.
1: Oh, nice! I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, do you remember who uh, played the flute on that track?
4: I don't know if it's a flute. It's probably a keyboard. I'm assuming.
1: Okay.
0: Oh uh, wait, I
4: think it's one of those blowy, those blowy keyboards.
0: Oh, the blowy keyboards. Yeah, I've I, I've seen those.
4: I don't know I just, who did it. It might be Joe.
1: This is so like when we move to the next a few songs i kind of noticed a pattern with this record and uh love songs is that i don't know if this is conscious decision by joe but he tends to group all the songs written by ben weasel and put them together
4: so what wait what's next so the next on?
1: three songs on the album are all written by ben weasel um we'll start with motherfucker and then there's a couple more
2: That you little sprite. Your dad has that in front of the TV. I swear to God that she came up to me. She asked me if I ain't going down. Motherfucker pulled the rubber then we went to town. Motherfucker asked me if
3: I'd like to spank her ass. Motherfucker asked me if I'd help me with your Uh That
4: one's definitely Weasel. Uh that's one of those songs where there was no ending so I just said just say motherfucker a bunch of times and fade it out <laughs> <laughs> brilliant idea Uh I like the Ben Weasel songs on there one of them I think Idiot Savant is the of the two that's
1: my favorite yeah
4: yeah that's a good one and apparently that's supposed, supposedly about vapid um, interesting Uh I don't know if anyone would admit to that but I think I heard that uh yeah those songs are good but parasite is actually written by joe and ben they both wrote that
1: okay cool yeah was was ben uh there at all when you guys recorded
4: no he called
1: a lot but he wasn't there at the time (laughs) cool so yeah after motherfucker we've got like a parasite
4: Well, Ben Weasel wrote it with Joe, and it's on the Wiggle album.
1: Shit, that was on Wiggle, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. So, yeah, they actually did it first, and it's not really a cover because they both wrote it, but, yeah, and then the queers did it as
1: well. And then, of course, you know, the one we liked the best of the three idiots of all yeah.
2: You know he read a couple books and now he shoots me dirty, looks as if he thinks he's better than me I've got A condescending attitude, well I hate to tell you to get by, by a bottle on your SATs Some fruit told him he's on the bomb Don't hold your breath, we moments it to come He's an idiot, to about a first class moron He's an idiot, to about Jackass and He's an idiot, to about one minute, pushing up.
4: Yeah, that's a great one. I like that one. The lyrics are good. It's funny. It sounds cool. So I'm more about song. if the song doesn't sound good. I don't really care what the lyrics are anyways. Yeah. So, that's, so.
1: who was laying down the
4: the keys? I don't know. Like all the keys were done after the fact. That was all done at Mass Georgini's. Uh, so it could have been Joe. It, it could have been Mass. I, I have no idea.
0: I should ask him what kind of keyboard do you know or no idea <clears throat> all right
1: and then after that we've got a another cover <laughs> song which was uh from uh the banana splits
0: oh right uh, yeah i, I was about a cover boy. yeah all <laughs> oh, comes um, back to the banana splits always
4: <laughs> yeah that's a, i love that song and that's another song that they had already done too on that ep the everything's okay ep
2: on the, the banks of a very sea, and starfish tints under my carpet, and I'm in my tea. I enjoy being a boy in love with you.
4: Which I think like I think that's a better version than the one I did with them, but it's they're both good. But I love playing that song. And live I played it on bass, so I was doing Jeff Eustace's cool bass line. So that's a super fun song to play.
1: Oh yeah. And I I'm sure it's really fun to to sing the backup vocals on that song too.
3: <laughs>
4: Lisa's uh, parts <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, I gotta say, Don't Mess It
3: Up it has gotta be my favorite track on this one, man. I really don't know why
1: it's really good i like that like when i'm listening to that song it kind of invokes that feeling like that you've got like in a lot of great classic like 80s comedies just like awkward kids trying to get the girl throughout the whole movie and he finally gets that slow <laughs> dance with her and you can just totally hear this song playing in the background i think you know i'd watch that movie I wish as long as there's like
0: time travel involved. I like the ones with time travel.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Write that movie. That's not the last song, is it? Oh no, Sayonara Suckers.
1: Yes. Sayonara Sucker. course it's gotta be a last one just due to the title alone but yeah it almost feels like a first track in the way just the way just really kicks you you know like that's a
4: good one and uh the the secret sort of secret little jam at the end after that gap i it's a shame that's not a whole song because i I really like that too
0: i do too yeah
4: yeah he should uh he should take that and finish it (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i haven't listened to the revisited but uh did he? i mean yeah.
4: i listened i gave it a once through uh yeah it's strike. not for
1: me yeah. <laughs> <It
0: doesn't strike.
4: laughs> i'm just kidding it doesn't suck but i mean i'm just so used to the original one that that one just it's just not the same yeah and i i don't know if i'd feel that way if i heard that that was the original but but uh, you know who knows i mean i know why they did it it's because of the hopeless records and all that so they they wanted to own the record so they had to basically re-record it and uh we we were gonna it was gonna be me and dave redoing it with joe but i guess he didn't want to fly us out or nothing i'm assuming that's why it didn't happen that way
1: yeah i totally get why he did it and uh yeah, it's, it's, it's completely impossible to give a fair assessment to it. Because like you said, you know, growing up with this record, it's just got a completely different sensibility to it. And Yeah,
4: yeah and as a, as a Queers fan, uh, I think the last really great record
1: is Punk Rock
4: Confidential. Yeah. Myself, uh, that's the last one that really feels like the time and it sounds like the Queers and there's something about it that's really good. They, they have a lot of good songs since then yeah but i don't think they have any albums where like every track's good you know
1: i gotta say the last record they did is pretty close i was actually surprised i would actually kind of stack it up i wouldn't say it's better than punk rock confidential but i would say that it i am how good it was i was
4: supposed to play bass on that and he sent me the raw tracks and i sent him a couple songs. And I don't know, I think he used my, I think that I'm on there. I think I play on two songs on there, because like it sounds ex- like exactly what I did. Yeah. And I think he used it, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> but I don't know if he did or not, so I don't really care, though. <laughs> I, I got to
0: say that Punk Rock Confidential is, you know, I, I agree, it is the last great queers record, mainly because, like, I don't know, 99, 2000, 2001 that's when all the guys that used to pick on me in high school formed pop punk bands and uh, it got (laughs) kind of weird after that. Yeah.
4: That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, there's a, they have a lot of awesome songs since then. Like there's a song. uh, What's that one? I want to be happy. is amazing. He wrote that with Joey Ramon. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful and he says song. El Cajon Boulevard in the song, and that's awesome. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the lyrics, he says El Cajon Boulevard, so I thought that was pretty funny.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Chris, uh, yeah, since you, since you brought up Dave, I mentioned you before, I, I'd definitely love to get your whole take on that gig you guys played together that ended up going viral. Can you kind of give us your little spin on what happened there?
0: Yeah, spilled the tea. <laughs> it's
1: not, there's not much to tell I mean, it's all there on the video. Uh,
4: he was wasted. Um, so we were on tour. Dave wasn't on the tour. Uh, so we were on tour without Dave. And, and I, I contacted Dave and said, hey, we're going to go through San Diego. You should come and play the show with us. And uh, he kind of didn't want to. But then he's like, okay, yeah, I'll, totally. I'll play the San Diego show with you guys. So he did. And he showed up wasted in the middle of the day and then, you know and he had beer with him and he drank all of it on his own and by the time show timing, he could barely get up the stairs to the stage and joe's like oh this this is not gonna be good and then you saw in the video he, he can't even play he literally yeah. can't even he's just hitting things and falling and you know it's just pretty much sabotage the whole show and uh i guess joe was just about to say all right let's hear it for dave and get rid of him <laughs> <laughs> and um and then he, he he there's a point in the video where i go up to him i say hey man be- i need that bass for a- I was going on tour with another band the very next day max sabbath and uh
3: oh you were yeah, in max sabbath, max sabbath
0: yeah
4: I-, I was grimace in max sabbath for a couple of years
0: no shit <laughs> yeah Dude, i i were-, were you did you tour with him with the dwarves
4: no, I did not do that to her. No.
0: Oh, dude. I-, I wanted to go so bad. I wanted yes. to go, but I forget what happened that day. But yeah, that's awesome.
4: I thought it was hilarious that the dwarves had to open for Max Sabbath, though. <laughs> I do. I think that's great. It's <laughs> hilarious. So I go up to Dave and I say, hey, man, you know, I need that. That's my, like, it was my bass that he was using. And I'm like, hey, man, don't fuck that up. I need it tomorrow. He's like, Ugh. And he walks away, he was trying to play another song. And he comes in, like, hits me with the base, and that was it it's like i fucking had to go at him um but it looks worse than it is he kind of just his own momentum made him go back that far like i did, I never really like hit him or anything i just went after him and he started falling backwards <laughs> <laughs> but uh he doesn't remember any of it i talked to him you know the next day he's like dude I, I have i like he he can't watch the video obviously he's just embarrassed but um yeah, I talk to him once in a while. He texts. He's like, "Let's do something. Let's record a Bugs record or something." And I'm like, "Okay." Please. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I always tell him, "Okay," and uh, I never hear from him again. So, oh I man, I
1: gotta get you guys together, man.
4: <laughs> but uh, we're gonna
0: have the right. Doctor Phil uh, give each other a hug. So, yeah,
1: I'm gonna reach out to Dave, and we're gonna get you both <laughs> on, and we're gonna get a Bugs reunion happening. yeah that's a he's got some fun songs from that bugs shit that's pretty good absolutely yeah some of the lyrics in
4: that are like lyrically a little questionable but they're still (laughs) i mean i can't get away with it man like you can totally
1: tell like when you guys are doing that record you're like let's let's bring it back old school remind people like what making punk records were really about (laughs) Yeah. yeah i mean
4: for me i don't want to speak for them but like racism is like the absurdity of it is what's funny because it's so ridiculous like obviously nobody thinks that but unfortunately people do and that's but for me it's always been the absurdity of it that's that's the joke don't you get it it's so stupid but I guess people don't take it that way so that's that's why you can't really get away with a lot of dumb and, and it's fine by me it's if it's not making people laugh it's not funny yeah
0: yeah but you can't you gotta be like very literal i know all these new bands are very literal with their lyrics so
4: yeah it's yeah. like that uh when no effects did that thing live and they, they're all they made the joke about oh don't worry they only shoot uh country western fans yeah, yeah said yeah, that yeah. like yeah. in vegas yeah, yeah it's in bad taste but they're a punk band that was but obviously that was just abs- like a, a stupid absurd joke and then everyone took it seriously just so dumb like obviously they don't want anyone to get shot (laughs) it's just so stupid (laughs) or or, uh
0: you know the dickies the dickies are are uh, are rapists because they have a penis puppet so
4: (laughs) yeah and he went off on some girl in the audience too that went viral the guy in the dickies and then everyone turned on him it's just it's it's it's, it's, i mean there's still element like these are all bands that came from a different world they're mm-hmm. older they came from a real punk rock background and if someone challenges them, they fucking hit back
0: right right right
4: so I mean but nowadays if I mean people just but honestly if you don't play along it doesn't affect you
0: right right just right. don't
4: play along and if mm-hmm. like don't apologize if you're not sorry don't fuck it don't play along
1: Well Chris, before we uh, kind of wrap everything up is there anything you're working on right now you'd like to talk about?
4: uh i'm recording with some friends band it's called boom clot it's like a hardcore band that i'm doing bass on i'm starting a new project with some friends uh we don't have a name or nothing but it's uh, we're just going to start it authentically we're just like let's just learn a few covers and then see where it goes so i can't really say much about it because we've only jammed like twice but um everyone in it's really good so i have hopes for that we'll do something and actually make something real out of it but other than that, uh, not really. I mean, the pandemic's why, you know, things are opening up. You know, the queers and dwarves are out there touring. Um, Joe's asked me to do some tours recently that I just couldn't do. But, so you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah.
1: I got one other question for you. So that John Cougar 7-inch I texted you about, I, you, emailed, I emailed Tim and he said, Somebody already called dibs on it. That wasn't you, was it?
3: <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what. uh I'll look and see what I have. If I have one, I'll send it to you. I actually ha- have a package ready to go to you now that oh, I haven't cool. mailed yet. So if I have it, I'll, I'll include that.
1: But, yeah, Chris, it was freaking awesome talking to you, dude. And we're definitely going to have you back again sometime. And yeah, right thanks for
0: talking. thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank
4: you, and uh, I'll get that package out to you.
1: Sounds great, man. We'll be in touch. Have a good day, dude.
0: Cool, you too. Later. All right, see you all later.